Welcome to Tough Cookie Talks. I'm your host, Jenna Josephowski, but you can call me Jenna J. I'm a semi-retired professional dancer, dance teacher and yoga teacher, turned certified personal trainer and kettlebell instructor who helps active women learn to lift and get strong with equal parts challenge and compassion. After years of working in the fitness industry, I got sick and tired of watching people, including myself, run themselves into the ground trying to uphold the narrow-minded image of what our culture sees as healthy and fit. But instead of giving it all up, I decided that I'd rather change the game, call out the BS, extract the good, and help others learn to use movement as a way to build themselves up rather than tear themselves down. On this podcast, we'll explore the intersection of fitness and anti-diet culture and all the gray areas in between. We'll let go of shoulds and judgment and dig into tough conversations with curiosity. Things get pretty spicy around here. So grab your headphones and let's do this. Hey friends, welcome to episode 14 of Tough Cookie Talks. Today we are going to have a conversation all about tracking your fitness progress. And this one's going to kind of be like a two for one sort of deal. We're going to hit this up from both angles. The first one being, should you even be tracking your fitness progress at all? Is that even something that is necessary for you right now? And Then if you choose to, a little bit later in this episode, we'll talk about some of the different ways that you can track your progress that aren't necessarily laced in diet culture. So there are a lot of different ways that you can track your progress. And a lot of times we automatically go to the ones like the number on the scale, your clothing size, before and after photos, blah, blah, blah. If you've been listening to me for any amount of time, you know how I feel about those things. But there are lots of other ways too, and we'll get into those a little bit later. But the more important question that I think we all need to consider is this. Do you even need to be tracking your progress at all? Now, it'll also probably come as no surprise if you've been listening to me for any amount of time that my answer here is it depends. I know for me personally, when I was really stuck in diet culture, I used to track everything. I was really, really obsessive about tracking calories, tracking my weight, my measurements. Then later it turned into macros and all sorts of other things. And then once I gave it up, I swung really hard in the other direction. And I think that that's normal for a lot of people. I can remember when I first started to let go of diet culture, I swung really hard in the other direction and I was like, Fitbits and Apple watches are evil and absolutely no more MyFitnessPal. I actually still kind of think that one is trash. Absolutely no scales. And I started strength training, but it was really just for fun and I couldn't be bothered with how much I was lifting. In fact, when you're new to lifting weights, and I think this is true for most everybody, Everything that you do is a PR. Everything is a personal record. Everything is new and exciting and feels like growth. And I can remember spending a couple of years, to be honest, just playing with different strength training type things. In fact, I can remember when I dabbled in CrossFit for a hot second, I had a coach ask me what my goals were. And I was like, um, I don't know, to feel like a badass for the next hour. 
This is all well and good. And I think that that's a necessary part of the process when you're trying to repair your relationship with exercise. So if you're in that place right now, I think that that's really normal and par for the course and a good place to be for as long as you want to be there. And also there are some instances where keeping track of certain things might begin to become helpful for you. What it really depends on is you, your goals and your intentions, how far you've come and how you view exercise and food and your body and how all of those things kind of play in with each other. So as I, as I always say, when it comes to fitness, it's less about what you're doing and more about the why behind it. And this is something that comes up a lot with my clients, particularly those in my online program, Tough Love Strength Club. It's this question of like, how do I use this program? How do I follow it? And while I'm a big fan of following a strength training program, there are lots of different ways to approach that. It doesn't always have to be super rigid. So one thing that I often hear from my clients are questions like, do I have to do all of these workouts in order or can I pick and choose the ones that seem to be the most enjoyable for me today? My answer, it depends. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) What if I have to miss a day or what if I miss a bunch of days? Honestly, it's probably not that big of a deal. Truly, doesn't make that much of a difference. Do I need to enter my results or how much I lifted inside of the workout app? Well, that really depends on you. So let's keep talking about it because as I often do, I'm not going to give you the answers. I'm going to encourage you to ask yourself these questions. So this is one of those episodes where you might want to like get out a pen and paper, do a little bit of journaling and Think to yourself about what's really true for you right now and how you relate to exercise. So first question, are you assigning a meaning to the numbers or can you see them as neutral data? And this is really where that tough love comes in, I think, between you and yourself. So when it comes to any kind of number, whether that's the one on the scale, the one on the tag in your pants, the one printed on your kettlebell, the one flashing on your watch, what do you make of it? Because they're all different flavors of the same shit sandwich, you know? The question is, are you making it mean something about you as a person? Does knowing that number cause you to have an emotional reaction? If it does, there might be a little bit more work to do around that thing with your relationship with exercise, with your body image, before you can consider tracking your progress in any kind of way. And then on the flip side, if you can see that information as neutral data and move on with your day, it's probably an okay number for you to know. And I think it's also pretty normal to kind of deal with these things one at a time. So you might find that there are certain things for a while, like your weight, for example, that are a little bit more triggering, but you tend to not make such a big deal out of how much you're lifting. Or it could be the opposite for you. I don't know. It really depends. The important thing is that you ask yourself that question and give yourself an honest answer. 
To tie in with that, does knowing the info that you're tracking trigger old disordered thoughts and behaviors? If it does, you're probably going to want to skip that for now, especially if you're in recovery or to be honest, if you even think that you're quote unquote recovered from an eating disorder, because this stuff takes time. And as I mentioned, scale weight can be a big one for a lot of people, but other numbers like steps or calories burned, or even like previous things that you used to be able to do physically can bring up some shits for a lot of us. So know yourself and know where you're at in your journey before you try to track any of this stuff. And you might find that you try to for a little bit of time and then you're like, hmm, maybe this is causing me to behave in certain ways that I don't necessarily like. Maybe I'm thinking specifically of the steps thing. It's causing me to purposely try to do extra movement in weird kinds of ways at odd hours of the night. You know what I'm talking about? Um, so that you can get extra steps in or burn more calories. So if you notice any of that stuff happening for yourself, stop tracking, let it go. You might be able to come back to it later, but now is probably not the time. This is a question that I ask my clients often. Do you need this data to dictate your choices around exercise? Or are you able to trust your body to know what is best for you? So what do you do with those numbers once you know them? Are you still able to trust and honor your body and back off if you're feeling tired or sore? Or do you feel the need to push through and do all of the things because your watch told you that you have to get the same exact amount of steps every single day? All of these tracking tools that are available to us right now, they're just that, a tool, but you're always the expert on your own body. And as you start to get better at leaning into that and paying attention and becoming more attuned and more mindful of what your body has to say, a lot of the times those answers are right within you. Again, that takes some time, but do get curious about that. Next question is this, are you looking to train or are you simply trying to move your body? Because there's a difference and we will talk about this difference at another time. I've got all sorts of thoughts on this, but neither one of these things is necessarily better than the other one. To be clear, both training and movement serve different purposes and joyful movement is a term that a lot of us here in this anti-diet culture space thrown around a lot can look all kinds of ways. You know that that's how I feel. And things can fall both into that movement category and that training category, but it's really all about how you look at them. So without diving too deep into this topic, think about things that you do just for fun. They probably don't need quantifying. And even if you're into strength training and you think that's fun, you may want to pay at least a little attention to certain things, even if it's not necessarily like 
how much weight you're lifting, paying attention to what exercises you do on what days. Uh, Maybe that plays into actually following a program where somebody else figures that out for you so that you're not constantly overworking certain muscle groups and overlooking other things just because you happen to really like squats. So you're just going to go like balls to the wall on squats and neglect every other muscle group in your body. So something that you might want to be just a little bit aware of in that way, what you're doing and how often, but you don't necessarily need to get super serious about that unless this is going to lead me to the next one. You are training with a specific goal in mind. Are you training with a specific goal in mind? Because you're welcome to approach strength training however you want. And you never have to do exercises you don't feel like doing if you don't want to. And you are more than welcome in my program, especially to skip reps and sets or cut things back or do the bare ass minimum. If you're over it, if you're not feeling the greatest and if you do that, you are also not allowed to get mad if you're not getting any stronger. So if you have a strength specific goal, there's a certain way that you'll want to approach that by progressively adding load and volume and intensity over time. So being specific about how much you're lifting, what exercises you're doing, what variations, how things felt in your body, tracking that will be helpful if you're working towards a specific strength goal that may be necessary to help you get there. And again, I want you to know that for two reasons, because I want to be honest with you. Number one, if you're not in a place where you're willing to keep track of those things, you might want to put the strength specific goals on hold for now and just do it for fun. I don't even want to say just do it for fun and do it for fun. Have fun as long as you want to have fun. But again, be mindful of that because when you approach things in a way that's kind of all over the place, you have to be okay with your outcomes being all over the place too. And there's nothing wrong with that. You just got to know what you're getting into. You know what I mean? Anyway, Have you considered what you might be missing out on by hyper-focusing on one specific measure? Certain things can't be quantified. And if you get too carried away with focusing on one specific aspect of your fitness program, you inevitably might miss out on other stuff. And I'll share a quick story with you. I am a tap dancer. As many of you know, I'm a dancer of a variety of styles, but tap specifically is my favorite. And a while back, this was maybe about two years ago, but I'll never forget this. I was in a tap class and I feel like at least 75% of the people in that class were wearing Fitbits and Apple watches and poking at them through the entire duration of the class. And somebody commented that they were worried about like getting their steps or they were frustrated that a certain thing we were doing in class wasn't tracking their steps on their watch. And it's like, damn, that's not even the point in a tap dance class, you hyper-focus on one measure, in this person's case, steps, and then you miss out on like the movement quality and the musicality and the dynamics and the technique and all of this. And this can be true for any activity that you're doing. You 
might get so obsessed, let's stick on this step count thing, that you might never bother to realize how fucking awesome it is to swing a kettlebell because you're standing with your feet in the same place. And it might not register your steps on your Fitbit or your Apple Watch. Or on the flip side, if you're too preoccupied with how heavy you're lifting, you might not stop to think about other things like your mobility or your balance or what you're feeling in your body or any other number of things. So be mindful that you're not getting too carried away, focusing on one specific thing because you might be missing out on a whole lot of other good stuff too. Another thing to keep in mind, what else needs to be occupying your time and brain space? Because tracking anything, but particularly your workouts, takes up valuable time and brain space. And a lot of people, a lot of us are struggling to even get any kind of movement in at all. If tracking is going to be one thing that makes it harder for you to do the thing, fuck it. Don't do it. If you're training for an athletic event or prioritizing a goal, then yeah, that might be a worthy use of your time and your mental energy for the given amount of time that you're working towards that thing. But I want to remind you that your workout still counts even if you didn't track it. So if you just want to do the thing without paying too much attention to the numbers, that is totally, totally fine. And As I mentioned before, my opinions on tracking fitness progress have evolved over the years and yours probably will too. So I would encourage you to even bookmark this podcast episode and come back to it at a later time and see how the answers to these questions change for you after any given amounts of time as you continue to work on untangling the knotted mess that is diet culture and fitness. As always, it's less about what you're doing and more about the why. So if you choose to track things, continue to get curious about those things, how they're making you feel. And again, you can always revisit this stuff later. So you might even find that some types of tracking feel more neutral and others may never be for you. And the bottom line is you get to decide. Whew. Okay. That was a doozy. And we are only halfway through here. So now that we've gotten through that and you've kind of gotten a feel for yourself, whether or not tracking your progress is even something that you want to do, let's switch gears for a moment and talk about some of the alternative ways that you can track your fitness progress that don't involve things like your weights like your size, like aesthetics, all of that. There are all sorts of other things that you can play around with and get curious about. So let's talk about some of the other ideas that I have for this. Because contrary to popular belief by some, giving up the pursuit of shrinking yourself does not mean that you're letting yourself go. What it does mean is that you have to sometimes let yourself grow in a different direction. And it does mean letting go of some of the habits that weren't necessarily as healthy as you might've thought when you were deep in it. So when it comes to letting go of attachment to aesthetic goals 
or your weight or things like that. I'm not talking about replacing one of these things for the other because we all know what that is in my mind. Shit sandwich, shit sandwich, shit sandwich. What flavor would you like? Trading the idea of measuring your worth by the number on the scale for the amount of weight that you can lift. It's not a thing that we want to do. It could certainly, and I think for some people, be a little stepping stone on the way. But eventually that is something that we want to let go of and perhaps try to avoid going down that hole at all in the first place. So learning new skills could be a big one. So if you can think of something that you're not currently able to do, but would like to learn how, that could be a really fun thing to set out to learn. When I first started strength training, all sorts of things were new to me. And I remember what a nerd I was. Uh, I could probably still find the picture. The first time uh, my friend Ashley put a barbell in my hand and taught me how to deadlift, I was so excited. I felt like such a badass. I don't even know how much weight I lifted, but I remember just sitting next to the barbell and like trying to do the middle splits and like give a peace sign or something ridiculous like that. I was so excited about learning to use that piece of equipment. Maybe that's something different for you. If it's not barbells, maybe kettlebells. We all know that that's something that I teach. If you want to dip out of the strength training realm, thinking of other activities, maybe it's boxing if you've always been a runner, self-defense, aerial silks, tap dancing. I'll give a shout out to tap dancing again. What do you want to learn how to do? Another one to kind of go along with this could be spending time outside of your comfort zone, trying things that scare you just a little bit, if that's something that gives you a thrill. And it doesn't have to be super epic, like you don't have to go bungee jumping or anything, but maybe you decide you want to try to get over your fear of box jumps. I think for a lot of us, myself included, there's like a little bit of nerves that come up when you go to try something different for the first time. But because showing up is that hardest part, I think doing that in a movement space or in the realm of movement can then give you the courage to also start to do that in other ways in your life. Give it a whirl. How can you get out of your comfort zone today? I bet that it will give you a huge rush and a big boost that will then carry on into other areas of your life as well. So this one isn't necessarily the most concrete way to measure your fitness progress, but I'm going to share a story about my gram and her smoking ring. My gram is no longer alive anymore. I believe my mom still has her smoking ring. I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to go to my mom's house and ask her to give it to me. But, um, when my grandmother quit smoking back in the day, she decided to save up the money that she would have spent on cigarettes and put it towards a diamond ring. And every time she would save a little bit more money, she would go back and put like a little 
cluster diamond in this ring. And so I see that ring as a symbol of perseverance and growth. And I think we can all look back to dumb diet culture shit that we spent a lot of money on, like a membership to some garbage program. I'm not even, I'm not going to call places out today. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stay focused. I will call myself out. I used to go to like the health food store and buy like the most expensive grass fed, like protein powder and those quest bars. Do you remember quest bars? I used to spend so much money on quest bars and then put them in the microwave and make fake dessert out of them. Oh, so much progress I've made in my finances. Thanks to letting that go. I think we can all have our own version of the quest bar, I guess, but put that time and that money into something that you can get excited about. It doesn't have to be jewelry. Maybe it's a vacation. Maybe it's a new hobby. I don't know, but saving money and time is a really, really valuable thing when you start to look at fitness related stuff differently. Maybe you even save up enough money to like hire a cool trainer like me. Anyway, next one, creating new habits. So we only as humans have so much willpower. We only have so much discipline. And when your life's focus has been in the past losing weight, for example, it requires a lot of discipline and it takes up a lot of mental bandwidth to track things like steps, macros, inches, pounds, all of that stuff. And I think this comes back to letting yourself grow in a different direction. How could you use that newfound brain space to create some sort of new habits? Maybe it's fitness related. Maybe it's related to something else like meditation or less mindless scrolling on your phone, getting more sleep, reading fiction, literally anything else. And being able to see that new hobby, that new habit come to life and bring you more joy. It's just really fucking awesome. So that's one way to do it. Another way that you can measure your progress are factors that have more to do with your whole health outside of the physical. So previously, I think for a lot of us, myself included, when you're stuck at diet in diet culture, you focus on trying to like eat perfectly or do like the quote unquote best kind of exercise. And then we think if something is good, then more must be better. But could you start to make progress in other areas of your health, paying attention to improving your mental and emotional health, reducing stress? Would it help to see a therapist? Could you stand to make more plans to hang out with friends and not stress if they have like regular tortillas on the tacos instead of lettuce wraps? I don't know. Think about it though. How else can you take care of you and care after your health or look after your health from a variety of different angles? And another good one is learning to listen to your body. And this is an acquired skill and it's something that takes a long time 
time for a lot of people. It's something that we were all born with, and it's also something that we easily lose touch with, especially if you've been a lifelong dieter and you're used to suppressing your actual needs and tricking yourself into thinking that like you're fine if you just drink more water or chew a piece of gum or have some fucking herbal tea and go for a walk around the block. Like, God, I hated that. But double especially if you've experienced any kind of traumatic events in your life and you've maybe had to consciously or unconsciously tune out from your body as a means of self-preservation. So learning to listen to your body can be hard. On a food kind of realm of this, I definitely recommend looking into intuitive eating if you want to start to learn to listen to your body in terms of your relationship with food. And as much as I hate to sound cliche, I think that things like yoga and meditation and mindfulness practices can also be a really big game changer when it comes to listening to your own body's needs. But however you choose to approach it, taking some time to pause whenever you're doing any kind of workout or any kind of movement and learning to tune in is a skill that takes time and effort. And improving your ability to do that counts as a major win. So pay attention to this stuff when you're doing anything really. But I'll use, for example, say like you're lifting weights at the gym. Where are you feeling the exercise in your body? What's the sensation like? Can you describe it? Thinking about things like your rate of perceived exertion or how hard something feels to you on a scale of one to 10, how difficult does this exercise feel for me today? How is this different than how it felt for me yesterday? How tired am I? Am I thirsty? All of these little sensations that we can tune into more are something that we lose when we get wrapped up in diet culture. So bringing that back can be a huge measure of progress. So learning to let yourself rest is another really big one for a lot of us. And I think one super tough lesson to learn or kind of a hard pill to swallow is that you don't necessarily need to work harder all the time to see improvements in your fitness. In many cases, it's about working smarter. And when you're coming from a background of working out all the time and doing all the things, sometimes the last thing you need is to challenge yourself more or to force yourself to do more things. I'm thinking about this in regard to back in the day, I used to teach at a yoga studio that used to run challenges. And I think a lot of times like the management would get annoyed with me because they wanted all the teachers to like sign up and encourage their students to participate and like try to get as many yoga classes as they can in. And I was like, dude, the challenge for me is taking less classes. So I'm going to sit this one out and I'm not going to do it. And maybe some of you are in this place too. Sometimes taking a rest day can feel harder than actually just going through the motions and forcing yourself to do the thing. So I want to remind you that every time that you allow yourself to rest when your body really needs it or make some different movement choices, give yourself a gold star. 
because this can be one of the hardest things for a lot of us, not for everybody. Some people have a plenty fine time resting. So if that's you, this one might not necessarily be the challenge for you, but I think for a lot of us, we could stand to chill the fuck out just a little bit. Next one, kind of save this one for last, but getting stronger or getting better at something could be a way to measure your progress. So once you've learned a new skill, coming back to that first one, you can aim to get better at it. And again, I don't necessarily recommend trading the number on the scale for the amount of weight that you can lift, but if you're able to, again, back to the beginning of this episode where we talked about disconnect your worth from those measures, it can be really awesome and really fun to be able to see yourself lift a little bit more weight or to feel less winded when you're going up and down the stairs to your apartment. Getting stronger or better at something is the last one I'm going to talk about. And I save this one for last for a reason. Once you've learned a new skill, you can aim to get better at it. And I want to be clear here. I do not recommend, I've said this before, I'll say it again. Don't trade measuring your worth by the number on the scale for the amount of weight you can lift. Okay. Pay attention. Go back to those first questions at the beginning of this episode and make sure that this is something you're in a good mental space to work towards so that you're not making those numbers, those measures of progress mean anything about you. But if you are in that good place, it can be really fun to be able to see yourself lift more weight over time or to feel less winded when you go up and down the stairs of your apartment, for example, or to notice that your range of motion is better when you do something like a squat or a lunge or to improve your mobility or your flexibility or just having different things in your life feel easier, feeling more comfortable, feeling more confident. Those are all good things that can be a major confidence booster. That being said, if you're choosing to measure your progress for any reason or for, I guess, with any of these measures that I've mentioned or any others, because this is absolutely not an exhaustive list, progress isn't linear. You're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. And you're going to have days where you can't do anything at all. Being quote unquote, like better than yesterday is an impossible myth. Like we're not always going to be better and better and better. Some days are going to be a little better. Some days, not so much, but when you get excited to see yourself make progress and then also enjoy the process, that can be a really powerful and exciting thing. And I also want to remind you too, that just as much as progress isn't linear, You're always welcome at any point to change the way that you want to approach this and decide that you want to grow in a different direction if one of these things is no longer working for you or you find yourself getting stuck. Okay, so I hope that these ideas opened your eyes to some new ways to measure your progress that don't involve being hyper-focused on numbers or your appearance. I know that it's not necessarily like the sexy thing. It's not going to get you the most likes on Instagram, 
but I can pretty much guarantee it's going to be much better for your overall well-being. It's going to help you to create a more relaxed relationship with exercise over time as well. So lots to think about here. Pay attention to how these things might show up the next time you decide to work out. And then make sure that you screenshot this episode. Tag me on Instagram. Let me know that you're listening. Let me know in which ways you're choosing to track your progress. Let me know in which ways you're choosing to opt out. It's all good, but I want to hear how you're applying this stuff in your life. Now, that being said, if you want a little bit more guidance, a little bit more coaching around this stuff, these are all things that we dive into a whole lot deeper inside my online group coaching program, Tough Love Strength Club. You can get on the wait list for that program right now. Our next cohort is going to kick off in early April, 2022, and I will leave a link in the show notes so that you can check that out. Have a wonderful day, a great rest of your week, and we'll talk soon. Thanks again for tuning into Tough Cookie Talks. I'm so glad you're here. If you want to learn more about me and how we can work together, visit my website, itsjennaj.com or follow and tag me on Instagram at itsjennaj. I would love to hear from you. If you liked this episode and want to hear more, make sure that you click subscribe and follow along so that you don't miss a single show. Then take a moment and leave me a five-star rating and review so we can help this podcast and this message reach even more people. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.